Matthew chapter 2, verse 11. We are in the Advent season, and we are in our series entitled Prodigy. Prodigy. We are studying the early formative days and years of Jesus' life uh, and, and applying that gospel to our contemporary uh, circumstances and situations, even concerning our children. So Matthew chapter 2, verse 11, it says, And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. And they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. For a few minutes, we want to talk on the subject, give good gifts. Give good gifts. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Give good gifts. It is the Christmas season. It's that time of year. And so we, we are preparing ourselves to, to, to shop, and, and, and some of us may be getting debt, you know, some so it's that planned debt. You know, we like, I already know. Listen, you know, we're going to forego these bills till January. Uh, but before, hopefully, you know, because some of us probably got stuff in layaway already. <laughs> but before, before we go too bad, uh, before we get too deep, I want to prayerfully encourage you to be good gift givers. Or, and matter of fact, give good gifts. When we look at the early life of Jesus... We acknowledge that he was a prodigy. And we want to say again that every child that, that he, is, he, he allows to be born in our midst, we believe that they are prodigies. They are, these are children that bear the imago Dei, the image of God. These are children that he has blessed, he has gifted, he has anointed, he has graced. And we are going to treat them just like these treated our Savior. Because we're going to believe that God is going to use them to do a great work in this day. And so, when we approach our text of focus, we see, uh, and as, as we begin to get into this, I want to break some things down that um, I, I know that tradition and, you know, folklore maybe have, have said certain things. But we're going to study the scripture and we're going to study actual history. <laughs> Amen. Uh, uh, regardless of who our president is, we're going to deal with facts. Amen. And... Uh, we are going to, to lift up some truths that I believe will make this story even the more rich for us. Uh, in Matthew, he calls these individuals magi. He calls these individuals magi. Uh, it was Tertullian in, in, I believe, the 4th century and even uh, origin in the 6th century that expanded the idea that they were kings and expanded the idea that there were three of them and that idea was simply because of their prestige and because of the amount of gifts they gave them or the, 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 the number of gifts they gave them. But when we study that word in the Greek, it, it speaks of a sage or a nobleman. These were not actual kings. They were like kings. When we read the Latin Septuagint, the Latin Septuagint gives us the word that says likened unto a king or those who have the ear of a king. The, 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 the understanding is that these magi were wise men. They were men of great counsel, but also they were old men. These, these were 
These were men that came from the east because they had studied the Hebrew scripture. And not only had they studied the Hebrew scripture, but they were well-versed in astrology. And following the Hebrew scripture and following astrology, they were able to deduce that this was the time, this was the season that the prophets had declared. And when it aligned, because this is going to make some sense, when all of these times align, when the word of the prophet and, and the study of the stars, when the stars align with the words of the prophet, they inquired of, of all of their kings, because this also speaks of this magi, this is a plural word, and this speaks of a, a contingent. But it also tells us that they were not just from one kingdom. They were a contingent of several kingdoms, several kingdoms that were aware of who Israel was. They were aware of their rule and their reign. They were aware of what the prophets had spoken concerning them. So here's the picture. These wise old sages, they gather together and they study the stars and they study the Hebrew scripture and they all come to the realization that this king has arrived. And it would do us well. It would do well with our kingdom, king, if we went and we paid homage to this new king. Because this new king may rise up and be a formidable foe for us. But if we deal with him right when he's young, maybe we can have an ally as opposed to a foe. And so all of these kings, they deemed it necessary. All right. You're right. Take a treasury. Take some stuff. Go, go, go make it well so that we have, we have an ally in this new young king. And so they all go from the east, and they all meet in their convoy, and they arrive. Now the scripture tells us that they got to Herod. Herod gets the word, and we know what Herod does. He says, you know what? I, I, I cannot be dethroned. I can't take it. So tell me where the king is so I can celebrate him too. But we knew that, that you know, he, he, he didn't want to celebrate him. He wanted to destroy him. And I, I think it's worthy to pause parenthetically and say this, that everybody at your party is not in your favor. I just got to say that right now because there are a lot of people that will, that will give you hearts on Instagram but will have daggers for your heart in real life. There, 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 are, a lot, there are a lot of people who will, who will seemingly speak well of you but pray curses. And so you got to be very careful of, of who you invite. And you, I'm, I'm, okay, I'm going to say this right now. You got to be careful of what you post. Amen. Amen. You know, some things, you know, Jesus, he told the people, go and tell nobody. And we're going to, that's not in my notes, but I just, I just, I feel, I feel the, the impression of the Holy Spirit to tell me right now that there are some things that you're going to be blessed with in this new season that everybody don't need to be made aware of. There are some things that are not Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook worthy. Some things you got to do like Mary, and she hid these things in her heart. We don't have to go public with everything. Just. And so when the Magi get there, we understand that they, not only do they come with treasures, but we must, we must deal with the reality that they came with wisdom. The first gift that you need to make sure that you give your children is the gift of wisdom. You need to make sure that those babies have the gift 
of wisdom. This is no shade to you beautiful grandparents that are in your 30s and 40s. Amen. No shade at all. No shade at all. But you better make sure you have some people in your child's life that got years on them. I'm talking about people that know like real struggle. Maybe somebody that, that understands segregation. You know, it may, it may not be grandma, it may be great-grandma. It may be some of them people that we did, it may be auntie, whoever it is. You need to have wisdom in your child's life. You need to have sages. I can tell you right now, one of the reasons why I know what I know and I have what I have and I am where I am is not because I'm just so sharp, but because my best friend was 86. <laughs> Honest. Come on, it was because I lived with an old man. And some folks like, you act like an old man because that's who I've been around. And he taught me things that I could not read in a book. And he showed me things that I could not turn to TV and watch. There were some, there were some gifts of wisdom that left an indelible mark in my life. And even though it, it seemed weird then, now that I'm in an older place of life, now it makes sense. And so I honor the relationship that, 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 my, that my daughter has with her great-grandmother. She calls her Louie Luton. Sometimes if you, if you sit in these conversations with them, you would think that she was being disrespectful to her great-grandmother. But it is the relationship that they have, and, and they engage, and they encounter with one another, and, and they talk about one another. And, and there, there are times where if I can't find my child, i got to go around the corner because she at her great-grandma's house. You need to make sure that we instill wisdom in the lives of these children. They need to have wisdom over them. They need to have, I mean, and now listen to this. They need to rest with wisdom. Now, I'm not saying just drop them off over there. <laughs> but they need to have concentrated time in the presence of those who are wise. Yes, sir. That's good. Now, when we read the scriptures, I think a lot of times, and one of my pastors says this, uh, that we just read the Bible too fast. When we read the Bible, they came on a convoy. Notice this. They did not come just to see him and break out. When we, when we read the, the passage in its entirety, it denotes the fact that they, that they sojourned with them for a while. Wow. That they, hang, they hung out for a little while. Trust me, if you make this long travel from the east, you're not just going to go for one day. I'm like, well, that was good. I'll see you a couple hours now. Let's take the track back to the east. No, 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 no. They hung there a while. They, they had some conversations with Mary and Joseph. They, 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 they discussed the scripture. Do you know who this child is? Do you, know, do you know all that the prophets have spoken concerning your child? They exchange wisdom. So the first thing we need to make sure that we give our children, and not just that they're our children, but any child that's around us, we need to make sure we give them wisdom. Wisdom, wisdom. It is a principal thing, the scripture says. So we need to make sure that these children have wisdom. Amen. The next thing the Bible says, that when they came into the presence of Jesus, they fell and they worshiped him. The next gift we need to give our children is the gift of worship. Now, I, I am not here to indict, well, I am here to indict you. Maybe, maybe I am here to indict you, but I have to ask this question. Is the only time your children see you worship in church? Is that, is that the only time they see you with your hands lifted in worship? Is that the only time they see you on your knees praying? We have to make sure that we live a lifestyle 
that transfers to our children the, the necessity, the importance of worship on a daily basis. We need to make sure we give our children the gift of worship. The first thing that they did before they opened up anything to Jesus, they fell down on their faces and they worshiped him. Now, here's the crazy thing. They came from eastern countries. They came from some, somewhere from countries that were at one point in time that were in opposition of Israel. So it is not to say that these were believers. It is not to say that these were Jews. No, in fact, when we study the Magi, they were very much Gentiles. These were not Israelites coming to worship him. And we do not have the gospels yet because he's just an infant. They worship, here it is, watch this. They worship the promise. <laughs> and I wish that there were more of us in the building that would not just worship God for what we already have, but would take time to worship God for what has been promised. God, I'm going to give you this worship because I believe your word. I believe what you wrote down in the scripture. I believe what you're breathing into my heart through devotion. And I'm going to worship the promise of what will be. I'm going to worship you for the promise. So we have to give our children the gift of worship. They need to see us. Is it an act? No. It is a discipline that we're teaching our children. We, we, encourage, we encourage families a year, over a year ago to erect an altar in their homes. And I, and I encourage you again, there needs to be a place in your home that your children know is sacred. That your children know that this is not just somewhere that we just play and, and act up and do crazy things, but this is where we all come together and we pray. This is where we come together and we read the scripture. This is where we come. If we, are, if we are going through something, this is where we can come and sit and say, Lord, talk to me. We must give them the gift of worship. But then, after they worship the Lord, after they, after they acknowledge his grace, after they acknowledge everything that is, that, is, that is of him, they get up off of their faces from worship. And they begin to open up their treasures. The Bible says that they, they give him gifts and they start with the gift of gold. This denotes, listen to this, this denotes the gift of worth. You have to give your children a gift of worth. Your children need to know that they are worth more. They need to know that they are worth more than the shoes on their feet. They need to know that they are worth more than the clothes on their back. They need to know that they are worth more than what society declares over them. You need, listen, and, and, and I, I, I'm not talking about making them arrogant. I'm not talking about giving them this pseudo sense of entitlement. But I need you to let them know how much they're worth. Let them know that, that, that God spared your life just to bring them into this world. Let them know that they, are, that they are worth so much more than what people may devalue them as. You need to make sure that you put worth into your children. And while we're talking about gold, we need to make sure that even as we buy them things and give them things, that the very tangible gifts that we give them, that we are considering their, their life span. Now, 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 here's where we got to get into uh, the scripture, Pastor Michael. The, 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 the scripture says they opened up of their treasury. And now I know the, the cute nativity scene and, and we see the little box, 
you know, and we see, you know, we may have gold cup or gold chattels, but when we study the scripture totally, this means, when it, this means that they gave Jesus a treasury of gold. They literally gave him a, what we would consider today, they gave him an account of gold. I need some more, I need some more Bible. The Bible says that Judas was the treasurer of Jesus. That Judas was over the treasury of Jesus. Do you ever read Jesus raising an offering? Do you ever read of people giving alms to Jesus? Why would you need a treasurer if you didn't raise an offering? You need a treasury because you have been blessed with a treasure that needs to be accounted for and managed because of its number. Jewish tradition states that at a certain age, a child is given a treasury. They are given a bequeath, even at the time of their bar mitzvah, they are given a wealth that was left to them by their father. And since Joseph was not a rich man, God said, I'll put it in the hearts of those who have the wealth to come and bring my son. Because see, you preach that Jesus was broke, but don't, the scriptures don't affirm that. It says that he didn't have a place to lay his head, not that he couldn't afford it. And so what you need to understand is that there are some commodities that you should consider yourself with concerning your child. Consider how much you pay for those shoes. And if you put that in a 2% interest yielding account and say you bought them shoes every so often, consider where it would be in five years, 10 years. If instead of using that money in this way, you deposited, consider what you would offer your children upon the 18th year of their birth. And so we see Jesus at 30 having the amount of treasury to be able to travel from city to city to city. Can I give you more scripture? I promise. Listen. Even when they were ready to feed the 5,000, Thomas understood that they had it in their treasury because he already knew the amount. So do we need to go in the treasury and buy something? He prepared a treasury for his son. And my question to you parents, are you preparing a treasury for your children? The treasures are cute. Look at those on their feet. Oh, my goodness. Look at that. Oh, that's Gucci. Oh, my God. That's fit. Do they have a treasury? When they get 18 and they choose that very expensive college. Will there be a treasury to pull from? So not only should we speak worth over our children, but we should develop a sense of treasury concerning them. We should even live our lives in a way that they begin to understand the, the, the value of saving their treasures. 
consider it. Maybe you would classify it as, as biblical uh, conjuncture. You, you may even call it eisegesis, but if you read the scripture slow enough, you begin to put things together to say there, there, there were ways and means that were made for Jesus to be able to do the things that he did because there were people before him that prepared themselves. And so when we study the text, we know there were just three. So consider Remember we said at the top of the, of the text that these were representatives from various nations. So consider if representative, let's just tick the number up to five. If five nations gave a significant inference of their treasury as homage for a king, what would it be? Just consider. Consider. Can we go deeper in the text? Notice how much the queen of Sheba brought to Solomon. Just to consider. Jesus was given a treasury. And we have to ask ourselves. I'm not saying you got to go get gold. <laughs> I'm saying you have to prepare yourself to prepare your children. I'm learning this now. I thought CSUN was a public school. And I thought that everything, hallelujah, was going to be free. And I figured, I know we could get financial aid, hallelujah, because I don't make that much. Glory to God. But even after all of that, there was still something left over. And I want to encourage you, parents, to invest in the future of your children. Man, this ain't Bible. Keep preaching. It is, though. It is, though. The next thing they gave him, they gave him frankincense. They gave him frankincense. Listen to this. This is from Arabia. And it traditionally has been used to remedy a wide variety of afflictions, including ulcers, hypertension, nausea, fevers, indigestion, chest colds. And watch this, post-childbirth recovery. The smoke from burning frankincense drives away mosquitoes and other flying insects. They made provision. Who told them that he was going to be born in a barn? Who told them that they were going to be born, that he was going to be born in a barn? No, nobody told them. But they understood that this was an item that could be used to keep him in good health. And this is where we get the next gift. We have to give our children the gift of wellness. We have to give our children the gift of wellness. Now, I, I know there's no parent in here that would, upon the onset of sickness in their children, would do anything but see to them getting well again. But how many of us take the time to see to uh, our children not getting sick. 
How many of us prepare a diet in our house that we eat in a way that will promote us living healthy? Man, I, you know, you're not even in the I am, though. What a Christmas message, though. What would it be if you began to, to, to change what you feed your children? I know that box of 50 chips is it's so convenient. I know that box of Capri Suns. I mean, it's just, it's so so convenient. I know them fruit snacks, you know, they love them. Everybody loved them. But what if we took time to consider what we fed them? I, I know, I know you, you will buy Mucinex, you will buy Robitussin, you, you, you will buy, you will buy Dayquil, Nightquil, and every other quill. But what if we put them on a regimen of vitamins and minerals? What if we If we consider their wellness, I'm, this sermon may be way too practical for some people. Like, I need, I need, you know, I need something else. But can I, can I tell you what the Holy Ghost gave me to tell you today? If we spend more time considering our children's wellness, we would spend less money and time helping them get well when they're sick. Your child don't have to have cold every season, no matter where they go to school. If you give them the right diet, if you feed them the right way, we have to give our children the gift of wellness. And I'm not just talking about physical wellness, but as it relates to their mental, their spiritual, and their emotional well-being. We have to begin to curate an environment for our children where they live in wellness. So that means that we have to work on the dysfunctions in our families, in our homes. We have to manicure the environment. There's some things we don't let happen in our house because we understand that our children, even at this age, they are young and susceptible. And even though you may think that they don't hear it, they feel it, they can sense it. And when we begin to see certain things manifest in their behavior, we have to ask ourselves, did we sow that seed? They gave him the gift of wellness. And we have to make sure that it, in this season and in the season to come that we, that we wrap up wellness and give it to our children as a gift. My, my kids cannot, they will run out of the kitchen when my wife pulls out the elderberry. Because they don't want none. Tabitha runs out of the kitchen. <laughs> when it's time for elderberry. But consider. Seriously. Consider what we are doing. To support our children's wellness. I know there are no amens there. But I promise it's going to make sense. They gave him gold. They gave him frankincense. And the last thing. Lest I bore you and hold you too long. They gave him myrrh. Myrrh from Somalia. Hmm. Again, they came from the east. And so we, we, that, uh, that there's another point, Adrian, to our brothers and sisters that said this is a white man's uh, religion. Uh, they came from Somalia, East Africa. East Africa. Yeah. 
thing that I love about this is not what is, it's used for generally. There's a specific use that, that we want to lift up to give the last gift to our children. Myrrh was an import, and most times when preachers preach it, they preach that they, they were considering, they were considering his burial, because myrrh is often used to prepare a body for burial, and that's good preaching, and we can go to Calvary on that one, but there's another use that I want to lift up that I believe will conclude our sermon properly. The Greek people, the Roman people, imported myrrh, the resin of myrrh. They imported myrrh into Rome for a particular purpose. Rome, at this point in time, had the world's strongest army. And this is, this is why they were able to conquer so many territories and countries. And this is why it went from being just Rome to the Roman Empire. They gave their Roman soldiers javelins. They gave their Roman soldiers swords. They gave their Roman soldiers great canteens. They gave their Roman soldiers great armor to cover them from head to foot. But there was also a sack that every Roman soldier had. And that was a sack of myrrh resin. And anytime they were hurt in battle, they would take the myrrh resin and they would pack the myrrh resin into their wound. And it would stop the bleeding and start the healing process. The last gift I, I encourage you to give your children is the gift to war. You better teach your children how to fight their battles so they don't give up every time life swings at them. You better teach your children that life is going to hurt you, but there is a spirit of God that you can use to keep you well even when you hurt. We all didn't been slapped. We all didn't been lied on. We all didn't been cussed out. But watch this. There is a certain level of weakness to the new generation. Certain, certain people in the new generation, they get cussed out. They're ready to commit suicide. I wish there were some parents that taught their children how to do war in the spirit. That taught their children how to take a licking. God and keep on I lost my church the reality is is that we gotta harden them up we gotta make them soldiers we gotta teach them that they may hit you but you better learn how to hit back they may they may try to take you but you better know how to take them is there any only my soldiers gonna get this here but the reality is is that there are some things that were not meant to kill you but that will be deadly if you don't deal with them so every Roman soldier they had a little sack and the sack had myrrh resin in it 
it was the sap of the myrrh tree. As soon as it fell out, when it hit oxygen, it would harden. And so it would look like little rocks and pebbles. And they would take it and they would, and they would push it into their wound. And it would stop the bleeding. And it would, it would, it would jumpstart the healing process. Teach your children to war. Can I talk frankly? We're not going to have no little punks running around here. I'm not, I'm not using it as a euphemism like the culture does. No, I mean that they're not going to back down from the battles of life. They are not going to, they're, they're not going to resign and become recluse because life gets hard because it's going to get hard for all of us. But you're going to build children that are little soldiers. You're going to build children that know how to go into the world and say, I am somebody. I am a child of the almighty God. And so when the enemy tries to fight me, I shall not retreat treat but I shall charge and if I get hurt along the way I have strength to make me well again is there anybody in here that says I'm gonna teach my children how to war I'm not saying raise little gangsters but sometimes we need to have a Tupac spirit I ain't no killer But just don't push me. Take this season. They're going to be out of school. Roll up your sleeve. And start showing them your scars. This is what we're going to do this Christmas. I'm going to show you how I almost died. Because see, your children, they see you in your now. This is how you make soldiers. This is how, this how you teach your children how to war. Because all they see you doing is driving in the car and, and living in the house and, 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 and eating the food. They don't know everything you had to go through to get to where you are today. So you better take them back down memory lane. You better show them that it wasn't always like this. We didn't always drive like this. We didn't always eat like this. But thanks be to God who giveth us the victory through Jesus Christ our I got a story to tell you about some things that I've been through but I'm here oh I'm here had some ups had some downs level to the ground but I'm here Oh my, I wish I had somebody in here that could rehearse to the young people. They ain't my children. That's all right. Tell them anyway. They will need to have a strength and a resilience because the enemy is amplifying his attack. And because, watch this, because we're so enamored by peace. We've been inoculated by peace that we don't teach our children that there's a real war. You baby them and you put them in this little fake cocoon and making them think that they're going to hear yes all their life and because you always bending over and giving them what they don't deserve anyway. I feel God here. But you better tell them that there's a real world out there that'll tell them no. There's a real world out there that don't care they're your baby. And... But if you put resiliency in them, David says, I, I praise you, Lord, because you teach my hands how to war. 
you teach my hands how to war. This ain't even mine. We're closing. Dr. Matthew Stevenson taught us last weekend that the fight between David and Goliath was never fair. Watch this. David always had the advantage. He always had the advantage because watch this. He was trained in the sling. See, again, we read the Bible too slow. You thinking about a little, you know, a, a little kid slingshot. No, no, no. That was, a, that was a modern weapon of war. And watch this. He was skilled in it, so he knew where to lodge it. And some of us, we're not giving our children the advantage because we're not teaching them how to war. But we will this Christmas. If nothing else is under the tree, they will unwrap the gift of war. They will unwrap the gift to know this is how you handle hard times in your life. They're going to come, baby. There's going to be some people that don't love you like I love you. There are going to be some people that don't see everything in you that I see in you. There are going to be some people that don't treat you like granny treats you. But you do not have to fold. You do not have to turn back into life. When you get to that campus, they're going to say some stuff you ain't never heard. But Jesus is still Lord to the glory of the Father. They're going to try to turn you out and tell you stuff that's not true. But you better understand you a woman and you... You are not a. Come, is there anybody in here? Say, I'm gonna teach my child some war tactics. I'm gonna give them some murder before they leave the house, so that when the enemy throws his javelin, when the enemy throws his spear, I'm out of here. We're gonna give them wisdom going to teach them to worship we're going to infuse worth into them we are going to see after their wellness their wellness we're going to be proactive in the not not, not just not just getting the you know the stuff when they sick but we are going to, to create an environment i know going i know going to the fast food place is so much more convenient but we'll, we'll cook and maybe instead of shopping the whole month we'll shop throughout the month we won't just throw. <laughs> we, will, we will teach them how to war. Can we pray? Can, can, do, do, do me a favor. If there's, if there's a child near you, if you can't touch them, just, just, just stretch your hands. We just want to pray quickly. We want to pray blessing over these children, even over us as we are parents, as we are guardians, as we, as, as, we, as we are those who are developing our families. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you and we bless you for the word prayerfully, Father God. We have, we have been sufficient in your eyes to speak truth to your children, to your people. And we pray in the name of Jesus that you would allow us to be good gift givers. That we would give our children the gift of wisdom. Father God, that we would teach our children how to worship. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that we would, that we would give our children the gift of worth. We will, we will prepare accounts for them. We will, we, will, we will develop living trust. We will develop wheels that will consider them. We will get the proper insurances that will ensure that they are taken care of even in our absence. We will develop treasuries for them. Not only that, Father God, we will teach them the benefit of warring. God, they will, they will not give up on life. They, they, will, they, will not, they will not fold at the challenges 
and the ad ad adversities of life, the vicissitudes that come our way, they will not falter at them, but they will keep pursuing. And so we pray that these gifts be transferred. And it is so. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Did the word make sense to anybody? <laughs> Hallelujah. If not, holler at me after church. Email me. We'll discuss it together. I'll take you through my study process. Um.